up, everyone? It's so fantastic to be back into your ears, my friends, my cats, my dogs. My name is Britt Sanders. I am the co-host of the Units Per Podcast, part of the Yards Per Fantasy Podcast. Here with my wonderful co-host, Mr. Drew. Drew, how are we doing today, my man? Britt, I'm doing great, man. It's sunny out. Feels like summer. Only way it could be better is if I was on a beach somewhere, but... As of now, I can't complain. How are you, man? Uh, you know what? We're doing wonderful. I'm popping bottles. Uh, I'm, it's sunny up here in Seattle, so I'm going to go probably go on my hammock after I write a little bit and look at wedding venues stuff. So life's good, man, and I can't wait to talk about what we're talking about today, betting-wise. So let's get into it. I mean, there's not a lot to recap from the last episode, to be honest with you. We quite literally just introduced ourselves and rambled about why we do betting. So hopefully you enjoyed that podcast. Clearly you did because you're back with us. So thank you for being back. I love to see it. Love to hear it. It makes me very, very warm on the inside. It feels important to round out the last little bit that we talked to the gracious people. Drew and I have reached out. We convened. We departed. We reconvened. We departed. We set up smoke signals. We axed a couple really cringe or uncomfortable punishments. Uh, Drew, what was one of them? I know one was the weight of dog poop, which I just, I don't know about you, but I don't really want dog poop. I don't want to see a grown-ass man walking around a park, picking up dog poop and putting it on a scale. Do you feel similarly? similarly? 100%. That's definitely was one that I was not a fan of. Uh, Good punishment, just not, not a fan of it, but... Uh, another one was the hot chip challenge. I think oh, that, yeah, was... that was awful. That was Ken. I was man, fuck, fuck you, Ken. <laughs> Trying to get me to have the fire squirts the next day. How fucking dare you? The nerve of you. I actually saw a video of that happening. Uh, about, I think it was about a week before, before Ken mentioned it. And man, the person who ate it, he was about as white as a ghost 30 minutes in. And they said, oh, yeah, by the way, that's going to go on for the next eight hours. So yeah, not a fan. Uh, that's... In what world? Oh my god! You know what? Maybe if we, uh, maybe if you guys, the good people and the listeners, plug in the promo yards per on BetUS, which you get one hundred twenty five percent deposit bonus on your first deposit of fifty dollars or more. Nice little shameless plug there, right? Hubba hubba. Maybe if you start helping us out and supporting us, maybe we'll go and subscribe to the hot ones challenge box and we can pick out a a hot sauce and we'll have the loser try it on a wing similar to the show but for now we have our very own homemade home concocted home brewed punishments uh the first one which i'm probably the happiest about is to chug or shotgun a carbonated beverage now this can be alcoholic non-alcoholic it just has to have the bubbles in it that's going to lead to some very enjoyable water out the nose and some deep belly burpees, deep belly burpees. I there's the next one here, Drew, you said you're a little concerned about um, mostly because we don't TikTok because fuck you, China. Uh, <laughs> it is the top TikTok trend dance. Now, Drew, what does that entail? Brett, I believe that would entail uh, us to get in contact with someone who is actually on TikTok and figure out what is the trend of the week for the dance and record it because I don't know about you, but I know I would look 
terrible, absolutely terrible yeah. doing it. And then posting on the internet for everyone to see. Yeah, that's going to be great. You know, when we have grandkids, they're going to ask us what we were doing. And we'll just say, we do it for the people. We do it for the yards per fam. All right. For the yards per fam. Damn it. Uh, yeah, I did forget to mention all of these will be videotaped and put on the yards per fantasy football channel for your viewing pleasure. Uh, there probably needs to be a warning at the beginning that it may or may not cause spontaneous laughs and snorts so be mindful of your presence and be mindful of where you're at if you're on in a funeral you probably shouldn't be watching that also why are you on your phone at a funeral you fucking butthole uh but we got a couple more left which i'm excited about we have a trendy food challenge now the way i envision this is that we just look up similar to the tiktok trends what the top dumb trend is where it's a tablespoon of cinnamon or it's whatever else there is and we just try that which Oh, yikes. I'm, I don't know. Have you tried the cinnamon challenge, Drew? I have not. It have is not. not great. It is really not great. I, yeah, I, there's not a lot to go on other than everything hurts. And like you're simultaneously can't breathe and breathing too much. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, um, it hurts me to think about it still. It still hurts me to think about. And then in honors of the Hot Ones Challenge, we decided to manipulate it and tweak it and pivot into a much more manageable one where we are going to do a hot sauce challenge. Basically, we're going to either A, go to the store, or B, look in our hot sauce cabinet, which for me is enough where I don't think I need to go to a store. And then I'll just flip a coin or roll a die and whichever one hot sauce it lands is the one that I have to throw on, throw a good amount on my food. And I have some hot sauce that is going to, um, it's going to make the next day exceptionally unpleasant. I, I it's one of the, some of the hot sauces I have or put a drop on and you're kind of feeling it for a couple hours. So should be exciting for me. Uh, Drew, are you a hot sauce guy or where's your spice level at? I am a hot sauce guy. I've actually, had some of the hot one sauces they are pretty good uh, i've actually had the hottest one too it's not bad if you have a drop but when we're talking covering your food with it a la chicken wing or anything else for that matter i'm assuming you could get pretty bad pretty quick mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna be um we are intrinsically a little masochistic without the sexual shit uh with our punishments here because it is going to be either humiliating or exceptionally uncomfortable for a little bit of time but that's okay because as much as we love talking sports and betting and probabilities we also love making fools of ourselves with a competition and there's no better way to have a friendly competition then by punishing yourself, thanks to the public. So thank you, public, for allowing us to do this fantastic opportunity. Now, uh, before we do anything else, and if anyone's still with us, let's dig in to what we're actually talking about today, which is going to be our 2022 most valuable player bets, pretty much. Uh, once again, you can find all of these odds on BetUS. You use a promo code YARDSPER. You get 125% bonus on your first deposit of $50 or more. If you deposit $50, you get $62.50 back for free. So, you know, like MVP bets, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, offensive player of the year, 
defensive player of the year, comeback player of the year, aren't really necessarily highly bet on high reward bets. But I mean, you have an additional $62 in your bankroll. So why not go and throw it on a couple of these guys and see if you can go and make some Boku cash with that investment. So we're going to start off really hot first. We're going to go MVP. Now, Drew, you recently dropped dropped an article on Yards Per, which you guys should go check out, kind of outlining and detailing the MVP dynamics of the last little bit. So why don't you go ahead and kind of give us a lowdown? Yeah, Britt, I won't say everything goes on the article. It's a rather long one, but looking at past research, I found some trends that feel like it would help us to narrow down the pool of those who could win the MVP award. The first one, I'm not going to bet on a running back to win the award. It's just look back at the last two years. We had Derrick Henry in 2020, right? He rushes for over 2000 yards, fifth most all time, bunch touchdowns. Team is solid, makes the playoffs, wins the division, doesn't receive a single first place vote for MVP. Go back to last year, Jonathan Taylor, over 1,800 rushing yards, over 2,000 total yards, over 18 rushing touchdowns. Granted, it's 17-game season, not a single first-place vote for MVP. In fact, doesn't even win the Offensive Player of the Year either. So I'm going to fade all running backs. There will probably be a point in time this season where we're going to be like, okay, look, running backs are the third highest live odds to win the award. I'm not going to bet on it. But the second point I want to bring up, and probably the most eye-opening one to me of the last 10 of the last 11 quarterbacks to have won the award were in the second or third year in their offensive system. And so that narrowed the pool down to about nine. There were a couple others in there who were long shots that I don't think are going to matter in the end, but the one who, I like, and then a dark horse, I like Tom Brady at plus 800. I mean, it's Tom Brady. There's not a whole lot more needs to be said. He has the weapons. Chris Godwin will miss some time, but you add Russell Gage. Mike Evans is a stud, probably the most underrated receiver, and they're going to win the division. I don't see the Saints or the Panthers, despite Baker Mayfield going there, creating much of a problem for the Bucks this season. And the dark horse, Brett, that I really like, Trey Lance at plus 5,000. Listen, we've seen it happen recently with Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, rookies taken in the first round who don't play a whole lot the rookie season, but come on the scene big time in year two as a full-time starter. He has a great offensive-minded head coach in Shanahan. He has great offensive weapons with Kittle, with Ayuk, Debo Samuel, still TBD, but... He has all the weapons around him to make him into an MVP season, and he's in the toughest division in football. If they win that division, he should be in line to get some MVP votes. So I'll take a flyer on Trey Lance at plus 5,000, Britt. Woo! <laughs> okay, you know, I honestly, I'm here for it. I'll be honest with you. I'm here for it. I love it. I think that Trey Lance is a fantastic, deep, dark horse. And your night with Tom Brady, with with Chris Godwin coming back, if he has the season that we anticipate him to continue to have, it's going to be a hard one to beat. I saw the odds. And, you know, I'm just sort of, this is a quarterback award, right? Mm -hmm. 
I know that Cooper Cup got offensive player of the year. He was, I think he had a couple, he had quite a bit of votes for MVP as well. But this is this is a QB award. So I'm just my thought process here is which quarterback is talented enough to put up a season that is going to win him the MVP, who has enough name allure where it's going to be pretty obvious to like win that. It has a good situation. And for me, I think there's two guys that make the most sense, but really it's just one for me. It's Russell Wilson at 1200 plus 1200. Now, the reason in here is this, like everyone knows Russell Wilson. He's always been a MVP sort of shadow guy. Like, like Russ should be a Russ should be an MVP. You know, everyone's always saying how important and how impressive he was on the Seahawks, even though he was limited. He didn't have the numbers to back that up. But now he's got a new home. And it's in Denver, and allegedly they're going to let Russ cook. So if Russell Wilson cooks the way that people anticipate him and, and project him to do, and Denver, who has a really solid supporting cast, does exceptionally well in their division, which is really fucking hard, then I think it's a pretty good path for Russell Wilson to make a significant run at that MVP run winner. Aaron Rodgers won it last year, and he wasn't even the top team in their division. I don't think it's going to impact them that they're not going to be a top, maybe not the first or second seed in the AFC. But I think Russell Wilson at plus, plus 1,200 is someone for me that I'm exceptionally excited about, that I think has some actual legs, that I don't feel immediately like I'm pissing away money for no reason. And now I'm trans. Now we get to talk about a bit more of my home, right? Offensive rookies. It's my people. It's my place. You can... Listen to me ramble on them on Rookie on the Rise on your favorite podcasting stream. It's what I love to do. So I'm going to take this first, if you don't mind, Drew, because I'm excited about the two guys I'm talking about. Uh, the first guy that I got, I'm going to start with my lesser known guy, then I'll let you go to your dude, and we'll go back to the one guy we kind of agree on, right? And that's Chris Olave for me. Chris Olave is plus 1,000 odds right now to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. And here's my thinking. Jamison Williams is out for half the season. So he's lost his opportunity. Sky Moore, we don't know who he what he is yet. So I'm not going to put money on him. Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Traylon Burks, they all have issues around them. They either have Zach Wilson throwing them the ball, they have Marcus Mariota throwing them the ball, or they're having asthma and there's questions about how quickly along they're going to progress. And it doesn't actually matter that Traylon Burks has asthma. What matters is that he's missing time. I could give less than three shits that he has asthma. He's going to be fine come play se the season time. What I miss is that he's missing reps and he's not getting those in with Ryan Tannehill. So for me, I think, and I look, who is the one guy on here that has the name allure and is in a fantastic situation. That's Chris Olave. Everyone already is a little predisposed to liking him due to the fact that he blew up the combine, albeit in a timing air. We still don't know what Michael Thomas is this year. We do know that Jameis Winston's going to be healthy enough to be throwing the ball. And what we also know is that Chris Olave is basically the only weapon they have there. With the exception of Alvin Kamara, who may or may not be suspended, we don't really know what's going on there. So for me, I think Chris Olave has a really legitimate chance of taking this award just simply because he's likely to be one of the most productive wide receivers his rookie season. And that's going to be exceptionally important when you're voting for offensive rookie of the year. Now you have a little different take than I do. So drew who'd, who'd you go with? Yeah, Brett, you mentioned the guy who I'm taking and it's Traylon Burks plus plus seven fifty. 
he is currently dealing with some asthma issues. However, I am I'm starting to think that either the Titans are going to have one receiver, and then granted Robert Woods is coming back from ACL tear, and they're going to feature Burks a ton, or they may just not be that good. I know Derrick Henry's coming back from an injury, but that offense went downhill pretty quick. I don't think Tannehill's necessarily going to lead them by throwing, you know, 4,500 yards per se. But I think that Traylon Burks is going to be the main target in that offense. And I do think that he could overshadow the receivers draft ahead of him. I agree with you on London and on Garrett Wilson. I'm not entirely convinced on their quarterback situation. And Alave, I think, does have a good situation, like you mentioned, with Michael Thomas out and with Kamara out. Traylon Burks is just my favorite receiver heading into the draft. He's an early declare, played in the SEC. I think that could play a factor going up against NFL competition. So I'll take Traylon Burks for offensive rookie of the year with plus 750. That's, yeah, I mean, talking about opportunity, baby. Opportunity is important. And then the other one we got we both kind of are interested in is Brees Hall. I feel like running backs the last six or seven years for the rookies, let me double check what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about my bottom here. Since, let's see here, um, back in 2015, one, two, three, four, three running backs out of the last seven have been running backs. Three have been quarterbacks and one was a wide receiver. Luckily for us this year, no quarterback is going to take those reins. Not one fucking one. So really, it's just running back or wide receiver. And like we just mentioned, wide receiver, it's a little murky. So Brees Hall, who is currently at plus 900, which is insane, feels like a really good fucking bet to make you some, give you a serious return on your investment simply because, and I understand that people are concerned about Michael Carter, et cetera, et cetera. I don't really care. The, you have to think about the field. Brees Hall might not necessarily have one of the most productive rookies seasons that we've seen. He may not even have, he may be slightly above average, but given his competition, I think that all, that's all he really needs. We know that he is one of the most athletic running backs to come out in the last 10 years. We know he was insanely productive. We know he can catch up. We know he can block well. We know he's well-rounded, and he's on a team with Rabba Salah from the 49ers that may or may not want to run the ball more to protect themselves from Zach Wilson, assuming that Zach Wilson is who we think he is, which is like a slightly better Mitch Trubisky not in Chicago. I think that Brees Hall is a favorite of mine, personally, to take this award. Drew, are you kind of on the same wavelength, wavelength there? 100%. And something that I think to remember too, this draft class was down considered by many, right? Like it wasn't, you didn't have the high volume players like you did in years past, mainly because of quarterbacks. You know, the first one we saw was Kenny Pickett at pick 20 to the Steelers, but then we didn't see another one till the third round. And you mentioned it. This is a quarter, not necessarily as much as MVP, but quarterbacks tend to win this award more than more often than not. So I think taking the best running back in this situation, I I like it. I'm with you on Brees Hall. Well, I'm glad that we are at least on the same page here. That makes me excited. Finally, we're in lockstep, and I think that's probably the only time we'll be in lockstep for the remainder of the show, which is great. I'm going to briefly talk about Defensive Rookie of the Year. I do not possess the innate ability to foresee defensive players. It's just not really my cup of tea. 
But what I do know is since 2017, the last five years, the there have been two linebackers, two defensive ends, and a cornerback. And so for me, I think the defensive end is a not exceptionally impressive group this year. I know Aiden Hutchinson went two. I know Draven Walker went one, and Kevon Thibodeau went like eight. I get that. I'm not in love with any of them. But who I am in love with, who I think landed on a fantastic team that is going to absolutely help him just be an absolute monster, is Jordan Davis. So for me, I took Jordan Davis, who's plus 1,500. And I'm just playing the kind of the odds here that if he is as talented as he was of a, as a, um, on the combine and in Georgia, then I think his opportunity with the Eagles could lead to some serious damage. And we already know that he's going, their Eagles are going to get some pretty decent prime or primetime coverage, given the fact they play the uh, commanders and also Dallas and the execs and TV people like to put those games on primetime because those games are always just absolute brawls. So I think there's me enough attention nationally on Jordan Davis that he, if he balls out and I think he's more than talented enough to do so, who'd you go with for your defensive player of the year, Drew? I went a little chalky on this one. I'm taking Aiden Hutchinson. He is the favorite at plus 450 currently on BetUS. And here's why. Over the last six years, we have seen five of those winners come be drafted in the top 12. The only year that that did not happen in the last six was Darius Leonard when he went with the Colts. Like you mentioned, like it's typically not in the secondary so that eliminates one position group. But another trend I noticed, Britt, was what conference they come in. I'm not sure if it matters or not, but five of the last six years, when that player was drafted in the top 12, they came from the Big Ten. You have the Bosa brothers, Chase Young, and Micah Parsons being a couple of them. So I went with Hutchinson. It is. I'm a little concerned. You mentioned the primetime spots. Detroit's not going to have any primetime games at all. But he is the favorite, and I am, I'm just going to go with Hutchinson. Another dark horse that I like at the position, he, he will have primetime opportunities. He comes from the Big Ten. George Karlaftis out of Purdue, landing with the Kansas City Chiefs in the first round. He's at plus 1,800. That defense is going to be good, and he's not going to get the coverage that someone like Aiden Hutchinson will get because he wasn't drafted as a, as a top pick, but also – he has talent around him. So I think George Karlaftis could be a good dark horse pick for a defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, George Karlaftis is definitely a really, really good dark horse. I almost like that better than Aiden Hutchinson, to be honest, just because I think the benefit of plus 1800 is way more valuable than plus 450. If that it pans through, of course, you have to pan through, right? All right. So, I mean, we've, we've, we've nailed the rookies. Let's go ahead and drop some knowledge for our the offensive players of the year. Why don't you go ahead and start out? Who's your guy you're tabbing? He's someone who I could take later on for comeback player of the year, but I'm going to ride with Christian McCaffrey. I think just going back for this award, we talk about history and who wins the award. Typically, it's been a quarterback to win it, but four of the last five years, it's been an offensive, or excuse me, four of the last five years, it's been a receiver or a running back to win the award. And they're not typically younger players, too. You've seen it with Michael Thomas, Cooper Cup. Derrick Henry, they're past 25. So they're not 
in their second or third year. I think McCaffrey's going to come back if he's healthy, and that is a big if that we've seen within the last two years. But if McCaffrey is healthy, I think he could put up potentially a 2,000-yard season, and he could be a huge help to Baker Mayfield. So at plus 1,400, I'm going to ride with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, as always, running back is the sort of offensive player of the year award. I mean, last little bit. I mean, last year we had Cooper Cup with his historic fucking season, but it's usually always running backs because they're really impressive. And then the quarterbacks master the MVP, and then we just kind of all say, cool, like tight ends don't matter. Awesome, good shit. <laughs> I went Justin Jefferson. And I think a lot of this is just writing on the fact that they have a new regime in Minnesota, and they're going to be throwing the ball more, which comes with more opportunity. And Justin Jefferson is already the undisputed alpha, which with two absolutely wonderful, fantastic years under his belt, two years that he's just set himself with the elite of the elites, assuming that he continues it on. I, I do believe that he continues it on. So I think with the addition added emphasis on throwing the ball more, I think with Kirk Cousins being a very capable quarterback, with the fact that Adam Thielen's losing a step, they don't really have a third wide receiver of consequence. And their other receiving options aren't that impressive. I think that Justin Jefferson has a truly, a true possibility of just putting an absolute smoke show of a season together. And I think that Cooper Cup had playing last year kind of opens that door wider for Justin Jefferson. I think that it's people are going to be more or less hesitant to accept and acknowledge that a, a wide receiver may very well be the mo the best player of the year for the offensive position grouping. I know it's so I think that that's kind of the 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 angle that I'm taking for Justin Jefferson. I, I think that he's just he's going to put together a truly top two top like one of the best like a career year for him this year. And I'm, I'm rather excited about it. Uh, let's go ahead and quickly jump through our defensive players of the year. I went Micah Parsons plus 900. Like I said, Dallas has primetime games quite a bit. He's already got that allure of having the def rookie defensive rookie of the year. Um yeah, defensive rookie of the year, and he's plus 900. I think those are odds I'm willing to lay, and I think that Dallas is going to use him in a, in a, a bit more of a different capacity than they did last year, allowing him to get even higher sack total and tackle total. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Dallas fan, but Micah Parsons is an absolute stud, and like you said, primetime games, those will matter. I'm going with Aaron Donald, who, again, he's at the top. He's kind of chalky, but just looking back at last season when TJ Watt won, it took, I mean, he almost broke the sack record for a single season and it was still in conversation if it should be Donald or Watt. I just, I think Watt will regress some. And I think Aaron Donald, like you mentioned, primetime games, he's coming off a Super Bowl. I just, I don't see any way that he has a down year. He's just consistent. He's been the most consistent player in the league, at least on the defensive side of the ball, arguably in football over the last seven, eight years. So I'm going to roll with Aaron Donald at plus 700. That is just beautiful. It's beautiful. It's just, it, it's, it's really solid shit. There's nothing to say about that. Cause Aaron Donald is an absolute bloody beast. You, we tease the comeback player. Drew, you said you weren't going CMC, but who are you going for the comeback player of the year? Yeah. I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket with McCaffrey, especially with his injuries the last couple of years. But one player I do like, and Britt, we talked about, we've broken down at each award that certain positions tend to win the award more than others. This is an award that typically goes to a quarterback coming back from either an injury or just a down year. 
But another position is the defensive side of the ball, defensive ends and edge rushers. I like Chase Young at plus 1,400. I think he has the name recognition. You mentioned primetime games. And, you know, he did miss a majority of last year. He's around its good defense. And that defense is – or that division, excuse me, is very up for grabs. If Washington wins that division, I don't think it's going to be because of Carson Wentz or that offense for that matter. I think it's because that defense is going to be one of the top defenses in the league. And the captain of that defense is Chase Young. So I think if, if, and it's a big if, Washington has success this season, I think it'll be from Chase Young. He's at plus 1,400 currently. And another one who I mentioned him earlier going to Carolina, Baker Mayfield is at plus 1,200 currently. I don't really hate it. I mean, it would be kind of a Cleveland move to do to get rid of a quarterback. Obviously, Deshaun Watson has a ton of issues going on. But Baker Mayfield going to Carolina, potentially having a rebound and earning that starting job moving forward beyond this year, I could see it. And I think at plus 1,200, I think he's worthy of a flyer on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, what are you going to lose? The quarterbacks i feel will always win comeback play of the year assuming they put together a really talented season and that's why i went mitch trubisky because he was a previously highly touted touted rookie first round draft pick coming out of the out of out of college out of uh, north carolina or duke out of duke north, and Car- north carolina yeah north carolina yeah mm-hmm. uh danny dimes is duke north carolina right and i don't think that kenny pickett obviously is going to be playing this year i think he's gonna sit and he probably needs to so that means that mitch trubisky is going to take these steelers and he's going to get that opportunity for a full season to display what he's actually capable of and i believe that mitch trubisky was actually given the short end of the deal because matt Nagy is ryan gase's stepbrother basically in terms of just sapping all the offensive wonder out of the out of his players so I'm also hedging on the fact that Mike Tomlin hasn't had a losing season ever that he's. So I, I think that Mitch Trubisky's my guy, his plus 1000 odds. I got to be honest. I think this is probably my favorite bets that we've talked about to be true with you. Uh, Drew, who like, what's your favorite bet you got on here right now? Oh, favorite bet. I mean, and we talked about this last time, Britt, but you know, the MVP award, I, I know Brady at 800. That's not a whole lot value but i i feel good about him winning um or at least being in the running by the end of the year so i, I would say brady at mvp at 800 to, plus 800 excuse me and even trey lance too that that, that dark horse plus 5000 uh, i don't know i it i don't know that, that that's the one probably my favorite right now which is probably because it's the longest odds but hey what are you gonna do what are you going to do? I think for me, it's Brees Hall, Offensive Rookie of the Year at plus 900, and it's Mitch Trubisky, plus 1,000 Comeback Player of the Year. All right, Drew, before we wrap up, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us. I really appreciate We are still catching our footing, but damn it, I think we are giving you really important information that is actionable and, most of all, ideally fun and quick. So, as always, please go to BetUS, plug in the promo code YARDS per all capital. That's Y-A-R-D-S-P-E-R. You put a deposit of $50 or more, you get a 125% bon- deposit bonus on top of that. So, you're sitting within your bank, $120, $112.50 if you throw in $50 
makes literally no sense not to. That is your bankroll for the year, pretty much, if you play it right. Please go there. Help us out. Support us and let us keep making this fantastic show with you. Next year, or next next year, next episode, you can look forward to us talking about season futures for college and NFL. We're going to dive into which teams we think have a better shot of conferences, championships, win totals, all the funds, all the goods. Drew, where can the good people find you at? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at DrewRoberts underscore. And you can find me on the Brit on Twitter. Wow, that was a that was an English. You can find me on Twitter at the FF Sandman, where you can find all the stuff that I'm working on. Appreciate y'all being here. Go ahead and give your loved ones a acknowledgement because they fucking deserve it. And do something nice for you because you deserve it too. That's the podcast, baby. Peace.